You're listening to Voice Memos, the show about two longtime friends who have informative yet brief discussions about multitudinous topics. If you want to go deep into a topic, this is not the podcast for you. We keep it shallow. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jen and Myron. I feel like all I do is wait on you. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, wait, look, do you want to hear something completely random I thought about today? Yep. So remember when we worked together at Verizon? And yes. So I was in my 40s then, and... I had for the first time gotten eyeglasses, <laughs> like reading glasses, and I didn't really need them, but I sort of did a little tiny bit, but they were just a novelty. And then I would just whip about at the random meeting with the executives. <laughs> <laughs> the shit you used to do. God damn. And I would, I would like <laughs> pull them down my nose and look over them as- <laughs> at, at forty years old. <laughs> <laughs> Just acting a fool in important meetings. <laughs> and keeping a straight face the entire time. <laughs> God, I don't know why I thought I'd say, but man, that is that, that is some crazy stuff. <laughs> There's certain things that you that people say or do it reminds me very similar to my dad is one of those people that they do something but they don't know they're being funny (laughs) you know how like so i was in vegas yesterday and got back today i went for work we had a trade show and one of my team members goes to all these trade shows. So I thought, why don't I go there just to see what it's like? Cause I've been with this company yeah. now a year and I don't know how the trade shows are set up or what kind of customers come through. So um, left yesterday morning, got back uh, this afternoon and you know what yeah. Vegas, I mean, I'll, I'll, the, I'll tell you a little bit about Vegas after I tell you the story. So we go to this restaurant and the great thing about this restaurant is it is called Crossroads and it is a plant-based restaurant. So everything in the restaurant is free of animal usage at all. So okay, nice. um, and it's a more higher end upper kind of bougie joint, but it is a place that's also in LA. So I didn't know that they had it in Vegas, but um, Travis Barker from Blink-182, he's the drummer, he's uh, married to Kourtney Kardashian, he is part partner in this restaurant, because he's been vegan for, I think, it, it feels like maybe 20 years or so, maybe a little less, but, um, so I'm going with all these people from work that are all meat eaters, of course, and um, they sit down and they're like, wait a minute, it says scallops or it says butter. And I'm like, yep, because it's scallops probably made with mushroom, like a trumpet mushroom or an oyster mushroom. Uh, they had calamari, they had pesto, they had, I mean, they had an eggplant skirt steak, they had chicken parmesan. I mean, they had this whipped feta cheese that was like whipped creamy with like macadamia nuts on top with um candy cherries and apricot i mean it was really spectacular food but isn't it isn't it really a sidebar isn't it really cool to know and then to experience that what real cooks and chefs can do with just not meat it's like you know you i make my little stuff i make some recipes because i follow some people but i don't understand how how um ingredients blend together how they were i don't know the science behind creating right right uh it is quite spectacular like it's very similar to like a mixologist when you think about drinks and all the components that they add to a drink you're like god damn that is that is pure science when it comes to knowing that part of uh your trade and like really understand the dynamic of it and so we go around the table and I get the scallops with this buttery parsley um, uh, pasta. It's really, really good. And so the lady is next to one of my peers and he says, tell me a little bit about the eggplant, eggplant steak. 
So they take they thin an eggplant, they sear it on the table. And um, he's like, you know, I don't really like eggplant. So I don't like eggplant, but um, tell me a little bit about the eggplant steak. And she's like, um, so we take an eggplant and, you know, we sear it, but it's still going to taste like an eggplant. Right, right. And he was like, oh, okay. Like he thought magically that the, um, <laughs> that, that it wouldn't taste like eggplant. <laughs> the, that the, somehow it was going to be beef. Yeah, yeah, like when he got it, they were going to make egg, eggplant take, taste like a steak. It was incredible. Oh, my God. So if anybody is in the L.A. area or Las Vegas, Crossroads, I mean, just the food alone, set aside the fact that it's a non-cruelty-free joint, like set that aside. But if you want to experience really good food, um that you may have never tasted before it, I highly, highly recommend it. But yeah, it was Vegas was, I haven't been to Vegas. I can't even, honestly, I was trying to think of the last time we stayed Ooh. at the Luxor, which is like the pyramid. It looks like. Oh pyramid. yeah. 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 I've been there before. Um, I think I was there in 97 when they added on to that. I think it was built in 93 and then they added something on in 97. So I, we went to one of, I call him a friend. He's a cool guy. He's my peer, but he was in Vegas with a bunch of friends. Like a, he was at that new, um, that new, uh, it's that big round ball that people. Oh, the sphere. The, the sphere. sphere. Yeah. So he was there seeing you two and he went to a bunch of places. So he's like, Hey, let's go to this one spot. So we, we get into this like speakeasy, you know, he knows some secret words. We go to the speakeasy. Then we went to this tiki lounge. Then we had dinner. Like I felt like this is, this is fun. Like I really thoroughly enjoyed myself, gambled a little bit, had a really good time, but um, I was cashing out my chips. Now I lost, but we're not going to talk about how much. And right. I was like, I'm going to go cash out my chips. And I go up to the counter and it's like $40 in chips. And I said to her, I said, I'm going to need security to walk me back to my room with this. That girl. You know I like it. I said, I'm going to need, she's like, it's $40. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know, I know. And then I said, here, I have this too. And it was a dollar. Like it was on a paper, you know, because they don't give you change anymore. And I said, I mean, yeah, you see why I need security. So she started laughing. But the moral of the story was I asked her why she was counting out my uh, $41. I said, how many people come up to your gate crying? And Ooh, she that's said, a great question. She said, I can't even count. Like, it's so many people. And really? Said, so that's so they, they lost and they're just cashing in the few chips they have left? Or they're coming to get more money. Like they're losing, but they're trying to get more money off their credit cards, off their, not just their debit, but actual credit cards, you know, where you get cash advances and have to pay like that 20%. And then I said, my gosh. And she goes, oh yeah, they'll come up here. They'll come up here. People will come up here and say, okay, I lost all my money. Can I have it back? Like legitimately oh. think that they can oh. go play with money and that they get to get it back. Oh my goodness. I what never thought- yeah, I never thought handing out money, like counting people's winnings or giving them money would be a depressing job. Like imagine, right, right. Yes, I would have never thought that. Uh, and you get to hear, you get to hear, or you get to see the people celebrating, right? Yep. But then those people like those ones you're just talking about that, like can I have my money back? Or they're just crying. Crying. Oh, and she God. says it's happened, at, she goes, it happens many times throughout the day many times throughout the day many times throughout the day oh and then is... i was like do i still get my security guard to walk me up to my room <laughs> <laughs> i don't hey, want somebody to come up look look because look i've seen enough grainy dateline videos of women going back to their hotel rooms <laughs> exactly i said 41 dollars <laughs> is a hot commodity here like this is big winnings i want you to put it in a little black bag act like i won thousands of dollars but it was a really good it was a really good trip. And um I, that's nice. Yeah, and I didn't realize, you know, Vegas doesn't sleep, so you can do stuff 24 hours. And uh, <laughs> it made me think like I need to go back there in a couple of years and experience some more of the stuff that I 
wouldn't normally do because I would gamble so much and spend time in the casino, but there's such a world to see. Anywho, yeah, yes. you know, when, when, when Elian, Elian and I went, I don't know, if it was a year or so ago, and I hadn't been in 20, 25 years. Like, it had been so long. Maybe 20 years. It had been so long. Because I think we went there as a company maybe in the early 2000s. Yes. Right? And that was the last time I had gone. And it had changed a lot since then. And yeah, it like it doesn't sleep. And I don't gamble. But, you know, we walk through the casinos and stuff. But there's a lot of stuff there above or other than just casinos now. There's so much stuff. So much stuff. Like that sphere was really cool. They have this resorts world that has a bunch of cool stuff in it. You know, the speakeasies and a lot of these hotels. I just thought it was cool to go with somebody that said, hey, I did this with my wife when I was here. We had a really good time. And then we just checked out different places to go. So I thought, you know what? I didn't even think about gambling because I was just enjoying seeing something that I normally don't get to see and feeling like I was. And you know, like, I I think, you know, the the Las Vegas um, city or tourist or everything, it was probably 20, 25, 30 years ago where they decided, hey, we need to make this city, the strip more than gambling to get more people here. And you know what? It sort of worked. Yeah, it did. I mean, I wouldn't, the weather was nice. It was probably like 50, 55 degrees and sunny. So nothing too crazy. I just, it was a really good, fast trip. Um, uh, I probably just enough. Like I probably would have been nice to stay one more night, maybe try out a, a couple other places and, um, you know, see the part of Vegas that you don't normally get to see. So it was good. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. So I, on the other hand, have not traveled in a while. And, <laughs> and <laughs> although, you know, if you count my walks through the neighborhood, that's my traveling, but I haven't left. I haven't gone anywhere. So that's pretty cool. You got to go down. You have another trip coming up, don't you? Yeah, I'm going to Costa Rica with oh five other girlfriends. Oh, I didn't know it was five. So six you guys in on one trip. Yep, we got a we got a house. We uh, oh yeah, like we're looking trying right now to find out how much a chef would be. Like they can have a personal chef make you a couple meals. Um, so that'll be kind of fun. We're putting our itinerary together to do some cool things. So if any of our listeners have been to Costa Rica, um, Tamarinda, Tamarindo side. So more of the Pacific side, the, um, not as not, it's a little more updated than the other side, apparently. So if anybody's been there and they have something to recommend, like we want to ATV, we want to do some, um, uh, zip lining, uh, maybe I think there's a monkey sanctuary there. Uh, so a couple little things like that. Yeah. I'm excited. It's going to be it's really going to be nice to go with these. This is a core group of my girlfriends that I just, I've traveled with, you know, Margaret's coming, of course, but I've traveled with all of them on trips. So um, they're okay, all really so, so because, because I watch the Real Housewives now and every yeah. time they do it, every time they do a trip, um, there's a few things. So how have you guys divided up the bedrooms? So I am opposite of the real housewives. Like, I don't care where I sleep because I'm only sleeping. Like, I don't need anything fancy. I'm not. So the girl that found the house for us, she's going to have her own room because she did all the research and finding the house. Um, And the other girl that used her credit card to put all the flights on and the remaining balance of the room uh, of the house, she can have her own room, too. And then all of us will just find other places to sleep. Oh, you know what? That I, that's a that's a good process. Yeah, like you did the most yeah. work. It, they're like, "Well, it's your birthday time," and I go, "I don't care." Like, I'll sleep on a bunk bed. I literally do not care. Wh- like, I'm not bougie where I need to have the best room with a bath, like Meredith from Real Housewives of of right. City. Like, I don't need that shit. And if and if I needed a bath, I'm gonna go in the room that you have. Like, if it's you have a bath in your not yeah, that hard. So- that. Not that hard, man. And we're only sleeping in there for like six to eight hours. So it's not that big of a deal. So um, that's how we decided. Okay. So I I like that. So then the other thing is you said um, the activity, like figuring out an itinerary activity. So the zip line, I've heard about Costa Rica and zip line in Costa Rica seems very fun. I've heard about that. And then the animal sanctuary, that seems pretty cool. And then something else you said. 
ATV and like get on oh, ATV. Yeah, ATV. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could do that as long as I don't have to go fast over some mountains and stuff because I don't want to die on ATV. <laughs> I mean, I get that. I mean, <laughs> me okay, neither. But what about, okay. What about uh, a water activity? I think I would love to, I can't scuba dive or like I can't snorkel because the motion of having your body on top of the water gives me motion sickness. So oh, okay. I have to be in, like, I want to, I would love to go scuba diving, but there you have to be certified. I've been scuba diving with, um, uh, without being certified, you know, where they take you and you've got this partner with you who's taking you down and all that stuff. So I would love to do that. I think we, they, I think some people want to do like one of the catamaran cruises, you know, where it takes you along the coast and stuff. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Then, you know, the other thing about, about, um, tropical beaches like Costa Rica has sometimes the water activity is just sit your ass on the beach you are you are not you that's my love language right just get an umbrella and you know a good spot where you can get to the water you know and then come oh. back and sit down you know that that is the beach activity I'm I'm excited about it. yeah so big trip there and then when I get back from that trip then I'm going to New York City for someone's Hello. wedding yeah Man, you know, so we finally made our flight reservations for that. What? Yeah, we jet we just made those, and um, that's a pretty good deal, you know. Are you JetBlue? Uh, JetBlue, um, and the standard one out of Sacramento—that's the Red Eye. Yep. Right. So we got that one, and we're gonna go on the Wednesday night before because we married on the on the Saturday. We were going to Wednesday night. Well, really, we get there Thursday. And we come back on Tuesday. Wow, that's crazy. Yes, we're going to go. Because she Wednesday. works. Yes, so it's her spring break um, at school. Um, I think it's that week, the first week on that Wednesday. I think that's her spring break. So she'll take a couple of days the following week. But yeah, she goes right back to work. I mean, that's it's coming up so fast when you think about, you know, like you got engaged and you think okay that's kind of that's that's I got some time to like settle in you know, I got my flights right away because I didn't want to I didn't want them to go up in price and all that stuff and I booked my hotel but I can't believe just how incredibly fast it came up you know what's funny sir so every couple of days she will say to me 88 more days you oh, know or something like that like whatever the day <laughs> and because she's like you like she's planned yeah. out Right. I mean, planned. And and I just like, tell me when we get to about two days before we travel. <laughs> <laughs> so I can start packing. <laughs> like, I don't even be thinking about it. She was on she was on FaceTime with her best friend and her, her maid or maybe matron. I don't know, maid of honor or something. Um, Vanessa in in New York. And they FaceTime this past Sunday. And I think they were on the phone maybe four or five hours. Oh my God. Yeah. Drinking wine and just talking, wedding, planning, wedding and stuff. And then they, and then they brought in other friends, her mom, they were just all over the place, just that. And all I was doing was watching football. Like I never thought. Of it. <laughs> oh my God. Four or five. I guess. Yeah. Because she's here and they're, they're there. So she's yeah. probably needs their help getting some stuff ready to go and booking like, I know she was still looking for hair and makeup lady and I got to reach out to her. Right. right. She was doing that. I think, I think she found a makeup lady. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I, and I think, uh, yeah. And I think she booked a makeup lady for, you know, herself, you, I think my daughter, something, something. I don't know the logistics, but she booked it for, for a few people. And it's going to be exciting. Hopefully they're yeah, hair, right. hair and makeup. But yeah, she's that's a lot to do. I remember when I got married, I'm now divorced, but when I got married, I got married in Wisconsin and I lived in California. So planning from the state that you're not getting married at takes a lot of like coordination and a lot of help from people to get through some of the stuff that you can't just readily run over to the, the event hall and, and make some changes or you can't run down the street to pick something up. So you really need a close tribe to help with that. Right. That's what she was saying. So her, so between her friend, her best friend, her sister, her aunt, who are all in and around New York, like they've been doing a lot of the, 
a lot of the stuff for. And, you know, it's pretty nice because I've said this before because, like you, I've been married. So it's not really a big deal to me, but it's a big deal to her because she, A, she never been married. She's the oldest grandchild and um, oldest daughter. So it's the oldest child. So, you know, they really wanted to throw her a wedding, like the whole, all the stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So she's pretty excited about it. But one thing, when they were on that, when she got off that FaceTime call with her best friend, uh, four or five hours FaceTime, right? She came off of it. You know, she had been drinking wine the whole time. Yeah. And she said, look, Vanessa has said that on on the Thursday before the wedding or the Friday or something like that, that they're going to host a party for all of us at their house. That she oh. wants to throw like a little party. And I was like, oh, sounds pretty nice. So, yeah, so we'll just round up everybody. We'll get to her house. And, you know, and I've been to her house. She and her husband have a beautiful home, right? And she talked about that. So that was on Sunday. Then on Monday, this past Monday, or yeah, it was Monday. No, no, they were talking on, on Monday because they were off Monday. So then on Tuesday, when I was taking her to work, she said, oh, you know, Vanessa called and she talked to her husband's son and she was like, we can't host you guys in a party in our house. And that <laughs> <laughs> Stop making plans when you when you drinking wine all day. <laughs> that is, I mean, that resonates so much, man. When you're drinking wine or you're out partying with friends, and everybody's like, "We should plan a trip to Japan," you know, like <laughs> it all settles in the next day. Like I ain't going nowhere. Like Thursday, <laughs> I talked about the food. You know, whether they're going to cook it or cater it or you know what have you. You know, the whole thing. <laughs> she what told me the next morning. Her husband was like, you did what? <laughs> you got to get ready for the wedding. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's where we're supposed to go because that's the rehearsal on Friday. So then we're probably going out to dinner or something. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll figure out some place, you know. We'll go to dinner. You know, it, it'll be fun. And we'll figure out some place um, uh, even the day after. Like, you know, some little stuff to do because... Like, my daughter and her friend, like, they've never been to New York. So oh. we're trying to get them, you know, they want to see some stuff. And they're at the age where they love touristy stuff. Like, they don't yeah. they don't want to get to the history and all that stuff. They want to see Times Square, you know, the basic Everything. stuff. Everything, yep. Yeah, you know, like, like, like a lot of young people like to do. But they also love, and I like this about them, they also love museums. So we're pretty, pretty stoked about that. They get to see some museums or something. Well, that's going to be fun. Look, we start, we started out like just really having a really good time talking about Vegas, talking about uh, wedding stuff, you know, us besties catching up on everything while the world around us is slowly, actually quickly just dying. And, I, and we're I mean, stuck. And we're stuck here. Like we're, we're stuck, stuck here. on this planet. There's like, no other planet. Like, think about how lucky we are to be, like, the in this pure magnitude of the universe that we have one planet that has everything that we need to survive as humans, right? From water to gravity to everything. And we manage to not, like, appreciate it, except instead we try to kill. Like, someone started on this planet and then started to put all these rules in place for how we should navigate, like, from... We should work, we should earn money, right. we should build houses, right. we should put people in debt, we should have retirement. Like we as a society could have just meandered through life, growing our food, right. like, you know, trading things with one another, like just living peacefully, but no. And then we have the lovely state, and I mean this in a very um, sarcastic way, uh, the lovely state of Mississippi. Now I've been to Mississippi. I don't like. I I, I didn't like oh Mississippi. God. I I've hate, never been there. That's crazy. I, you've been there. It, I've been there, and let me tell you, it is not the people that I didn't like. It was the sheer unbelievable humidity that, like, literally, you had to chew through. Like, it just. I I didn't feel. It just didn't. It wasn't pretty. I didn't enjoy it. But you know, sorry to any Mississippi fans. Maybe I was in the wrong area. But aside from that, isn't that where that prison has buried all those people? Yeah, yeah. The Mississippi prison, they found hundreds of bodies. 
600. Yeah. At first they said it was a couple hundred. And now they're saying to just today that there's probably um, six, over six, almost close to 700. Sir, these are prisoners. These were prisoners. Yeah. In the and jail. Well, well they, yeah, they believe that, yes, they're prisoners, but they also believe that there's some non-prisoners. Like maybe uh, people that have just been picked up by the police or maybe homeless or they don't know who some of these people are. So there's a, there is a secret alliance of people to say, if you kill somebody of color, because this is POC, right? I, I, yeah. They haven't said different, um, yeah. that we have a place that you could bury your body. That's basically what they say. Yeah. Yeah, they, you know how, it, if, we, if we take a step back, you know how it, how it came about, there was a, a family who, um, uh, a, a young black man was living was living with his 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 mother. He didn't live with his mother. They got in an argument. He left, and um, she didn't hear from him. You know, she thought he was just gone for the night. But then it was like three days, and so she called looking for him, and um, she called the police, reported him missing. And so, anyway, skip forward. I don't know six, eight, nine months. They finally say that they've that they've found him. And it turns out he had been buried as a John Doe. Like they didn't know who he was. And the family were like, wait a minute. Because like a lot of, like a lot of black people in Mississippi, like men, he had a record. And it turns out he had his ID on him. So he could not have been a John John, Doe. Right, a John Doe. Um, And so they had to sue to get his body back and they want because it because it's Mississippi they weren't given the body and when they they won the suit it, it didn't take very long um when they won the suit they were supposed to go get his body and Mississippi officials had already exhumed him and like took him to the morgue and something like that like it was crazy they just the way they disrespected his family and so that led to the discovery of like 200 something bodies that are just buried without anything, like no notice to the families or anything. And as they now they've been digging, literally digging into the story more. Now they're saying there's close to 700 and there and there are some some records, you know, names and this kind of stuff. But. It just, it, it's, I don't even know how you categorize something like this. You know, lawyers are calling for a federal investigation, uh, you know, you know, abuse of bodies. Uh, um, they don't know if there's been, uh, how some of these people died. They don't know anything. They just know they were buried in what, what used to be called, you know, John Doe or pauper's graves. I mean, you had no money, but. Bounders saying they don't even know if families were notified. Like it's just the whole yeah. thing is a mess. And there are reports, there's a couple reports, and I guess it's still being investigated, that there are a couple of bodies they've exhumed, like didn't have all their organs or brains or just stuff, which which leads people to believe either organs have been being sold or these bodies have been experimented on. Oh my God. This is 2024, 23, 24 in goddamn Mississippi. Unbelievable. Almost 700 bodies. And that's the, still counting. Right, right. And, and you know, you know what I was thinking? Like, so I was thinking a lot of things about this. I'm just following this story like a lot of people. But that's a lot of people that have to be involved in that process. A lot. Right. Because, like, if you're in jail, you know, there are multiple security guards and jail officials, or if you died in a jail prison, you know, there's doctors and, and, you know, nurses, attendees and that kind of stuff. And if you have to be taken out, like, you know, there's that staff to take them out and to bury them. Like those, those aren't, it's not just one person who did that entire process. Like it has to be multiple people. And for it to be that many bodies, that means it has to be for multiple years. So that means there's more people even. Oh. And, and these just people, you know, 
collecting a paycheck, going about their lives, knowing that they've done this to these bodies. And now we don't know. We don't know the the race and gender of these bodies, but we can assume that a most prisoners are men, right? And, and in Mississippi, because it's the it's, it's the deep south, let's just say fifty one percent of those men are black men, and then the rest are white men, Asian, Latino. You know that that's a lot of people, and you hit races like that. And you just got to go, you know, first you got to just, like, who are these people? And, and, and the, is the racial makeup just standard racial makeup of that prison? Or is it one race more than the other? Right? Because then you got a whole different level of issues. But even before you can get to that, it's 700, almost 700 bodies, you know, they found. That's a lot of families. Like, that's, that's, that's so many people because if you assume each person has, you know, two parents, you know, the, the, the American nuclear family, two parents, a sibling, right? That you get into a lot of people, you get into the thousands of people. And it just is it is mind blowing that in this day and age, you could have people, more than one person who's responsible for that. And they're out there right now. And sleeping at night. Yes. Just going about their lives, you know, shopping, eating, you know, watching football. And they're part of they're part of this. They know that like I I feel bad I didn't tip Glenn when I was in Salsalito for work and he brought my bag up to my room and I was like, I'll get you later, man. And I forgot to get him. And I'm still thinking, poor Glenn's probably waiting for his 10 bucks. Like I feel right? shit about it. Yeah. <laughs> you right. are burying yes. bodies. And you are just going on with your life. Right. Like, you make a great point, because I was buying a sandwich the other day, and, you know, everybody turns that little machine around yeah. so you can tip them. Everybody. And I'm so annoyed by it. But when I'm in the face of that person, it's usually a young person, I go, well, they could use a couple extra bucks. Yeah, it's three bucks. Yeah. Right. I know, and I just do it anyway. But that that makes me think. I have feelings about that. Yeah. <laughs> Like you said, poor Glenn waiting on that 10 bucks. Like you think about that. And there's people out there that's buried bodies. Burying and then thinking that it's okay, that it's like no one's gonna find us. It's okay. I like we're protecting each other. Cause I, I mean, in general, you're it's going to be, I would assume, uh, it's it's police officers. I mean, it's gotta be police. It's got to be correctional medical, officers, medical, yeah, police, correctional, medical, um, maybe you know, mortuary or or coroners, like and all those kind of people. And it's just, well, I guess what I'm saying is these are professional people, professional. but then they also would have to have, you know, who's burying them? who is burying these, who's digging the graves and burying these people? Oh my god! Oh, it is, and, and you know what? Something else I was thinking was that there's somebody or more than somebody, you know, multiple people in that prison, prisoners I'm talking about, and some of their families and friends who are sitting around right now going, we've been trying to tell you. Oh, oh. my God. You're, you're, I, I would, right? you're, you're right. Yeah. 100%. You know, absolutely. Someone is saying that right now. You know, nobody would listen. And it just. It's like you were saying, we have this whole universe, right? And look, like scientists believe that the universe is about 93 billion light years up across. Oh. And, you know, they found, you know, mil millions, hundreds of millions, billions of galaxies, trillions of stars and all this stuff, right? All this stuff. And as far as we know, we can prove. And all of that, like you were saying, we're the only we're the only humans and you know sentient beings in in, in all that space. I mean, maybe, I think there are more, but as far as we can prove, it's only us. It's only us, you know, right on this one planet, right? One planet, because you know, like, why wouldn't they show right. their face if there was other right. people out there? Why wouldn't they show? Like, why wouldn't they right. come here? Exactly, and like and like Dr. Carl Sagan said, everything we know, every person, every accomplishment. 
every dream, every hope, everything is right here on this one planet. That's it. One planet. That's it. And, and, and yet, we mistreat each other. Mistreat each other. Then you've got, you got, I mean, Mississippi, you could spend some time on. Of course, you can, we could still sit here and talk about, you know, Gaza. You know, I, I wanted to ask you something. When we first started talking about Israel and Palestine, um, we talked about how the word genocide was being, and actually you talked about it. Um, you talked about the word genocide being thrown around when it's not a genocide. Are you still on that? Are you still in that thought process? Oh, yeah, I am. I, I don't believe that what's happening between Israel and Gaza is a, is a genocide. A, a genocide, I mean, words mean mean things. And a genocide means that you are eradicating an entire population. Yeah. And that's not happening. Now, that just puts genocide to, to the side. That doesn't mean that Netanyahu, the prime minister of Israel, is not, in my estimation, committing war crimes. And it, and it doesn't mean that he's not, he shouldn't be, you know, if the world had really any good power, not only should he be taken out of power, but he should be, the International Court of Justice is in The Hague and um, over in Europe, he should be uh, brought in charges and jailed. Like he should be in prison. That guy is a criminal in my estimation. Yeah. And right. And so, so even if you don't use the word genocide, he is methodically targeting and killing people or his military is right. And despite pressure from the U S from um, England, from Saudi Arabia, Qatar, and all these efforts to broker a ceasefire, you can't, they are not able to get Israel and Hamas on the same page. And in defense of Israel, not Netanyahu, because two things can be true. Israel has the right to defend themselves, and Netanyahu is a criminal. Like he is, he is, he is Donald Trump, right? He is Donald Trump of Israel. That's who he is. That guy is a horrible guy. Hamas has said no to now eight different ceasefire um, offers. They've said no. And the aid that's coming into Gaza, Hamas is taking, and they're keeping it from Palestinians. So their own people, their own people, and and it shows. We talked about this long before. It shows this is why you don't. And this is not not just the Middle East, and not just Israel and and Palestine or Gaza or Hamas. This is why you don't want to go to war, because war it just it's bad. It's bad for regular people. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's military, military soldiers, you know, who are killed and maimed and, you know, suffer PTSD. But most of the people that die in wars, any war, anywhere on the globe, something like 70 percent, 80 percent are just civilians. They're just civilians. And yeah, what was it, it that, so when World War Two, how many people died? Yeah, World War Two World deaths were, I think it was around 80 million. And something like 80, yeah, something like 75, 80% of those were civilians, just regular people, right? And they, yeah, and 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 you can say, well, but they voted for the, you know, no, it doesn't matter. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Because it because if, if Donald Trump had taken us to war, right, and taken his nation to war, and people were dying, none of those people wanted to die for Donald Trump. And, none, and you know, if President Biden takes the country to war, nobody want to die. Nobody no. wants to die, right? And I don't want to be sitting at home get bombed, right? I don't care who the president is, but that's exactly what happens. And so, and we were talking about how, how war spread. And so that what's been happening in the last few weeks is the Houthis, is it Houthis are a terrorist group inside of Yemen. Yemen has been in a civil war for a couple of years. And the, and the, and the Yemeni civil war is basically Saudi Arabia, who supports the Yemeni government, and Iran, who supports the terrorists who will launch a civil war, that's their little proxy war. So, so the Houthis have decided to start firing on ships that are in the Mediterranean Sea. And over the last month or so, they fired on ships from 41 different countries. Damn. And they don't care about Gaza or Palestine at all. They're just another terrorist group. 
right, funded by Iran. And so the U.S. and a bunch of other countries are like, look, stop firing on these ships. Now, who are they firing on? Well, they did fire on some U.S. Na naval ships. And look, let me tell you something. I'm not even a military guy, but I do know don't fire on U.S. Navy ships. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not your best choice. <laughs> not your best choice. Like, just do not do that. And it doesn't matter if it's like the main, I don't know how these things are, are categorized, like the big ones or the support ones. Don't do it. And U.S. kept telling them, don't fire on these ships. And so they started firing on commerce ships. And so people go, well, they're just protecting capitalism. Oh, you call whatever you want. You got one of the busiest um, shipping lanes on the globe, right? The Mediterranean Sea. It's, it's, I think it's number one for goods and commerce coming and going from the world and to the world, from through there, from nations all over the globe. And you start firing those, you are messing with economies all over the globe, right? And whatever political statement you're trying to make, Right. It doesn't matter because all those nations are saying, look, you cannot disrupt our economy like this. And so now you got the U.S. and it was like 14 nations decided, OK, they keep firing on us. We're going to stop firing. And now they just start blowing them out of the water. They just, OK, you know what? You're going to keep firing. We're going to blow you out of the water. And so that that's what's been happening. You know, that's how what I was talking about, how the war can spread. Because you have that happening. The U.S. bombed some places in Syria that was attacking um, southern Iran and some and some U.S. installations. They, and Syria is also backed by, um, or southern Israel. And Syria is also backed by Iran. And you just have all these different interests fighting, right? And it, it, start, it, it slowly starts to spread. You have some people attack, you know, Pakistan. And just you just try to start drawing people, other nations into these wars. And I think, you know, I think it won't spread. But something that is very common now, it's more common than it used to be. It is advantageous to nations that do not like the United States to ratchet up those kinds of things as we head into an election year. Mm, yeah. Right. Because there are nations that do not want us to have a democratic government. They don't want us to have that. And so they start doing things that try to make the Democrats look bad or to harm the president. They do it every Democratic um, administration. So as Biden, go back to um, you go back to uh, Obama, you go back to Clinton before him. These really, these wars just like pop up because you try to harm and injure a president. And even Israel, because Netanyahu hated President Obama. That's a good gauge. If that guy hates President Obama, as you know, he's not a good guy. And even when President Obama was running, he was trying to do things to undermine President Obama and to help him, um, cause him to lose re-election. And that guy is still in office, still causing problems. So between now, we're in January, and headed to November election, there's going to be so much mess, right? Now, we were talking about something via voice memo this past, this past week. 15 U.S. Uh, Republican governors have, did, have said they will not take federal funds to feed poor children um, during, the, during the summer months. They just said I mean we're not going to... It's not even their money. They're just saying they won't take it. Fifteen Republican governors. Just and it's just food. And the reason they're doing that is they want people to be upset so that they blame President um, Biden and the Democrats, and so that they vote Republican. <laughs> this is this is the kind of bullshit. Because when you were just talking about Yemen, we had what I was reading. You know, I. I don't get all in the weeds sometimes because there's so much to grasp and maybe it's a privilege because I'm in the comfortability of a nice warm house. But I was thinking about how some folks were saying now the U.S. is attacking Yemen as, as if we're the bad guy. Right. Right. How does that, why, do, how does that, is it because the narrative that's put out there? Yes. And, and it's because, um, 
like it's because that that our social media and our free speech laws are a bad combination. And and, and what I mean by that is we know and the US government knows that we have across all social media, not just Facebook, Twitter, um, TikTok, and Instagram, to a lesser degree, Instagram, that we know we have foreign influence uh, in, in our social media that work to uh, make Americans, propaganda, make Americans think one thing versus something else. And so they spread uh, misinformation, disinformation, you know, anti-American stuff. And, and, and we know now we know what, what I, look, I said this, now we know that even some of these pro-Palestinian protesters have been paid by billionaires here and abroad who are aligned with, with Russia, like they're paying them. And so, and ideas to so discontent in this country, and really it has never stopped from the Cold War. Right. And from the 20s and pre-Cold War, that Russia has always tried to undermine U.S. safety and security and domestic stuff. And so as as the U.S. went through the civil rights movement, for example, there was a lot of Russians and a lot of spies trying to push, you know, revolution and armed conflict and stuff like that. We know that 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 happened. And we know when President Obama was president, you know, Facebook finally said that that you know billions of they took in billions of dollars of advertising money from Russia that was directly targeting black americans with anti-american stuff like we know that like th this stuff isn't a secret and so now we have this middle east conflict is much of the same thing that somehow you have you have americans who are saying the houthis are the good guys maybe osama bin laden was okay you know, this, this it's just propaganda, and people are falling for it. And one of the reasons people fall for it because we have such terrible, we have such terrible education because we gut education in this country, and we have terrible news because news went from news to profits. And so you just push these stories and these narratives because it makes money, and there's no critical thinking. And so then you have people. I saw a guy on the news today. He was out at some pro-Palestine march and he was holding this flag and they were like, he was like calling for infantata. And they said, well, what is infantata? He said, well, I don't really know. I just got this flag, you know, down the street at this guy who was selling them and I have to look it up. And he's just out there marching. He's just out there oh. marching and have no idea. You just nothing. You just fall for propaganda. And yeah, you know, when you start talking about who these are heroes or some of the late, you know, was right and it just it just shows, you know, that's you have foreign influence all through our media and they get to do it because unlike any other nation on the planet, we have this First Amendment thing that even applies if you're trying to harm the country, which is absolutely stupid, if you ask me. I mean, it it's you know more. I've always said this. This isn't kissing your ass or anything. You just it's unbelievable how much you know. So. There are times where I see stuff where I'm like, this person's posting something and it's way out, like it's way out of pocket. It's not even close. I can't even imagine having the knowledge that you have and wanting to respond to everybody that you see. <laughs> sometimes I do. Sometimes I'll be scrolling on, you know, on uh, uh, social media, and I just and sometimes I'll get out of my little bubble of social media, right, to see some other stuff, and I'll just be like, holy fuck, like this is so wrong or this is so you know misleading or it doesn't tell the whole story or you know just just crazy stuff like like you'll see like i, I saw a, a news clip of of um of a republican on on, on tv uh some news show and they were talking about you know how president biden has destroyed our border because because donald trump recently said that that elite what he calls illegal immigrants are poisoning our blood in this country. You know, very Hitler kind of talk. And so the Republican talking heads got on TV and were like, well, yeah, you know, he's not wrong because President Biden won't fix the board. He's been in office all these years, you know, and it, the next day that lie got fixed. But I was thinking at the time, the first bill that President Obama put or that the Democrats put in 
Congress to get passed was Board of Funding when he first got in office. And every single Republican rejected it. They voted no. Every single one. They all voted no. And so in every year since you know he got in office, um, Democrats are trying to put forth the uh, border security bill. And every single time, Republicans vote no. And so they brought a Republican on TV and said, well, why are you doing this? Because now there's this new technology. The president, they want to get funding for this new technology, deploy their technology, such and such. And the Republican guy was like, we don't want to do anything that makes President Biden look good right now. So we're just not going to do it. So they were like, so you're going to just keep complaining about the border. But when you can actually do something about it, you're just not going to do it. Nope, because it'll make him look good. And we're just going to vote no. See, That's crazy. The, like, That's crazy. We chose, We someone chose when this was put, when we, when we had life that was on this planet, someone chose to put men in charge. <laughs> right. I, it was such a huge mistake. <laughs> unbelievable and you know we didn't even get we spent a lot of time i'm glad we talked about vegas and i mean we're coming up on this just for everybody knows this is our 90th episode we have done 90 we've done 90 episodes um and we didn't really even get to talk about something that i have been trying to learn a little bit about so maybe for our 91st episode we can start with project 2025 Yes, we need to deep dive into Project 2025, and there's some great data out out there on it. I've been studying it, so we'll have it dialed in for next time, but very high level. It is the plans of conservatives who want a second Trump presidency and what they plan to do um, um, to reshape not just the country and not just like any administration, but reshape the law, the courts, the Constitution and change the entire fabric of American society, and it, it is absolutely horrifying and frightening. But it is on paper, and they're they're saying this is what they're going to do. It's like a so, thousand yeah, we, pages. Let's just yeah. let's sum it up with one other thing, and this is just a piece of it. So there's, I think, a thousand pages on this document. But one is legitimately increase taxes percentages to anybody under ninety four thousand dollars a year at like thirty percent. Like yes, and make it so that it, it can it can it cannot be changed. It can right? like right. we are, yeah. and the problem is if you support a if you're a Republican that supports all these initiatives, you've talked about it before. You're not you're anti-black, you're anti-POC, but I think some people are just not bright enough to understand the ramifications that are associated with it. And I mean, we can we should really spend some time because we have. We don't know how many people listen to us, but I think there's an opportunity for to to share some insight with as we go into an election year, right? So 2024, there's going to be a lot of bullshit out there, and it's going to be really important that we spend some time. Maybe maybe someone learns something and share something with a family member that that they were unaware of. So I'm we definitely yes. need to spend some time as we as we start it into this election year. That's that's a great point because I, I there was a there was a, a series of tweets going around a couple of weeks ago where someone was asking for podcasts and things that uh that would cover topics related to the upcoming election and it was just you know some facts and this kind of stuff and someone recommended us and I was oh. like okay hold okay hold on <laughs> Because we talk about right, right. We talk about it. Shit, we talk some crazy stuff. However, you know, you know, we stay shallow, but we don't mind going deep on some of these things. So, just like you said, you know, Project Twenty Twenty Five. You know, we need to um, dive into that, and I'm okay with that because there's some horrific things. And he's saying some of those things that he he said he just said the other day, yesterday. I think there would be the um, mass deportation of Latino people. And, you know, if you're a Latino for Trump and you're a citizen, don't think that that, that don't mean you. You know, yeah. and he just said, you know, he just said he would deport the most Latinos ever. He said he would deport Muslims, Palestinians specifically, right? And we are talking about mass. He said there would be the, the largest mass relocation of people in history if he gets elected. I mean... And, Crazy, and the, and and you have states that are already lowering the age that children can work, 
right? And just just some stuff you go, how can this, like, what kind of human are you? Like, this is what you want to do, but that's what they want to do. And so, yeah, we're going to, yeah, we're going to dive into some of that. And we're going to go into Project 2025, maybe take like the top thing, top 10 horror things from that document and, and spell them out. That would be, that would be awesome. Yeah, I would, you know, because I was thinking, first of all, the country where we're at, the things that we have here uh, that we fight and talk about all the time. And I was reading something about how McDonald's and then we'll finish up, but like how McDonald's in Denmark, McDonald's in the United States average hourly salary or hourly mm -hmm. for an employee is $9 and six cents. That's national. It's higher in some States, of course, $9 and six cents an hour where a big Mac is $5 and 87 cents. And wow. so you have that right with no yep. medical insurance, no pension. Then you go to Denmark, their McDonald's employees make $22 an hour and the Big Mac is $4 and 82 cents. And you think about, they get, they get pension, they get full um, health benefits, they get life insurance, they get a year maternity leave off of that. Like, I don't know how people can sit in home, yes, we don't have bombs going off, but other countries don't either. And they treat right. their, their they treat their people with respect. Like we right. just don't have that in that country. We don't have respect for our citizens. Right. And and there's because there's no reason that our our food has to cost that much and that we don't pay people more. Ugh. Right. There's there's no reason for it. It's, it's just corporate greed. It's just greed. Right. Like, like they're so quick to just say, we'll tip our employees, give our yes. employees money that we don't give them. You handle, it's that roundup bullshit too at some of those places. Like you want to yes. round up to the nearest dollar because we've already donated money. Now we want to get it back. Oh, yes. Fuck you. Fuck you. Right, I was, right. I was buying a sandwich at this little place and they were like, hey, this money goes to, you know, something. I don't know, firefighters. I don't know, some kind of deal. And I was like, what? No, give me my sandwich. Like, no. I, like, if you told me this person making $9 an hour was going to get this money, I'd be like, okay, I feel, you know, I'm going to give him a couple of bucks. You just told me he's going to some, you know, some charity that you've already given the money. You're trying to earn it back. Like, no, no, that ain't, that ain't none of my business. Denied. <laughs> right. Oh, sir, we've been going an hour. Do you want to tell me what you've been watching? So, yes. So, excuse me. So my daughter and I started watching a series on Disney Plus called Echo. It's in the Marvel Universe uh, about an indigenous young lady. And it's um, it's only six episodes, and I'm enjoying it. It's pretty good. Um, we're enjoying it. It's pretty good. And we started watching The Curious Case of Natalia Grace. Oh. And it's a documentary on uh, HBO, and it's about a little girl with a disability, she's a little person adopted from the Ukraine. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yes, and her parents, her parents suspect that she's older than what she's saying. And it's there's actually two seasons; they're like forty five minute episodes, and there's so many twists and turns, trials, you know, lawyers, uh, social workers, and it is absolutely. Bonkers. I um, bonkers. I I know the end result of that case. So I'm not going to ruin it for anybody. It's it's wild. And then we just started watching another documentary on Hulu called Daughters of the Cult. Oh, it is some Mormon shit like you've never heard. Oh, like God. like uh, multiple wives, um, um, Mormon groups at war with each other. Uh, mur murders, like multiple, multiple murders. And it is, it is, I mean, it's just, it's bonkers. Um, and that's on Hulu. And then I watched a, a new movie on Netflix called Lift with Kevin Hart. Oh. And it's an action movie and it's, okay. it's a heist, it's a heist movie. And it's, it's pretty good. Like, it's very simple. And you just get to see, you know, it's very glossy and high tech and how, you know, some thieves steal some stuff and some, you know, double crossing and this kind of stuff. It's an easy watch, but it's it, it's pretty good. 
Okay, so I I like Kevin Hart. I saw him in, I saw him on stage yeah. at at Golden One. I I think he's I think he's funny. Um, yeah, yeah, me too. So you've been watching a lot of movies. I watched I watched a movie with my sister was over here this weekend, and we watched May December, and that's with Julianne Moore and um, Natalie Portman. That's and that story about Mary Kay Letourneau, huh? I don't. Well, I don't I know. It is about her? Okay, so we didn't know. Like, I didn't know. I thought it was like, I. it's like Natalie Portman is an actress. She comes to spend time with this woman that has a May-December. She meets this, she met, so maybe that's, maybe it, that was based on that because she was yeah. in jail and then they have three right, kids. that's it, yeah. It, wow, let me just tell you, first of all, it moved kind of slow. I like Natalie Portman. I mean, okay, she's a vegan, probably why I really like her. But I also like, I really like Julianne Moore and she was really good in this, but the movie was weird. And if if that woman, where, what'd you say her name was? Mary Kate, Mary what? Yeah, Mary Kate Turner. Yeah, I don't know what you said because you, I don't know why you all of a sudden talk like you're Mary Kate Turner. <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> Mary Kate Letourneau? I think so, yeah. You're saying it fast because you don't really know, huh? <laughs> no, no, Mary Kay Letourneau, because I think she, yeah, she was the lady, got involved with that teenager, had a baby. The 13-year-old. Yeah, that's her. She, she was having, she, that, and they were, well, in this movie, they were still married like 20-something years later. So I don't know if they're still together in real life, but um, I didn't know it was based on that. So I watched that. I watched, I got to watch The Real Housewives tonight. Um what else? Did I, I haven't really watched. Wait, did, you, did you watch part two of the no. City Housewives reunion? I'm going to watch it tonight. Ooh, it's juicy. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> and of course, my my Beverly Hills and all that. And then I was trying to think. Um, I've been searching for stuff to watch, um, but nothing is really like getting me excited. I. Um, yeah. No, oh, Fargo. I started watching Fargo. So season. Yes, I just, yes, I just finished episode one of Fargo. That first episode is bonkers. So I'm on season four, the one with Chris Rock. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, and uh, I finished the one from. So you know, I'm from Wisconsin. So you know, you can hear in. See, I'm starting to do it already. I have been talking to my friends in a Minnesota accent, uh, like they do in uh, their Fargo Hey. And I have I have been enjoying every moment of it. <laughs> Going back to your roots. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, that reminds me of home. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> so every time I watch it or I'm leaving a message for somebody, I talk in the little Minnesota accent. So it's very close. They're in the upper, you know, the upper part of Wisconsin. So, you know, um, there's a lot of dialect that's uh, drawn out a little bit uh, like that. Uh, so I've been having fun with that. So I'm enjoying Fargo. So I'm going to watch a little bit more of that. Um, and I watch, of course, the Packers. The Packers whooped the shit yeah. out of Dallas. Um, that was one so that, of the greatest Packer victories of all time. It was so good. It was, it was, I just loved every moment of it. So they played 49ers this weekend. So they play on Ooh, Saturday. That's going to be, where, where are you going to watch the game? I don't know. Like, I think I might go over to my parents, but my mom and dad, they yell and scream at the TV. So I might just watch it in my own piece. <laughs> <laughs> I, totally, I totally understand that. Because when I watch a rated game with my family, it's it's a, a unique viewing experience. It's the same thing. They're screaming and yelling the whole time. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited. So, um, well, we got it. We covered a lot. I'm super excited. I will... I can't wait to. This is lazy, and I'm I'm okay to admit that. Um, I can't wait to learn more about Project Twenty Twenty Five from you next week. Yeah, we're gonna dive in next week. We're gonna dive in. I'm gonna do some research too. But one thing about Myron, and I know a lot of people follow him, especially on on X slash Twitter, because the way that you have the ability to make things simplistic is one thing that I hear from people that are friends with me to say, he just makes it make sense. So I value that. You give me the tools and ammunition to have really great conversations. So I always appreciate that about you. So I'm looking forward to that conversation next week. 
That's awesome. So have a great week. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Peace out. Love this podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a review. Visit the episode description to find out how you can connect with the hosts on social media. Voice Memos is a production of Dear Dean Publishing. All rights and trademarks reserved. No portion of this podcast shall be reproduced commercially without consent. <laughs>